Hello, Drunk Theology fans. Good to be back. Been on a extended vacation. Enjoyed myself with my with my grandchildren, my son and daughter-in-law in North Las Vegas. Had a great visit with my brother. Um, and now I am back. Actually, I was there for a week, and my grandson came back with me. Uh, he stayed with us two weeks, Malachi. And, of course, we did the usual you know, pop-pops and grandson things, you know, we played golf, we um, played chess, bought him a brand new violin because his three-quarter size was too small for him, got him a full-size one at Maury's Music in uh, Lakewood, California, great place if you're looking for any fine stringed instruments or orchestral instruments or even a nice selection of guitars now as well. Anyway, uh, enough plug for them, but uh, let me just say that, uh, you know, I'm extremely happy to be back and we're going to be going on. One thing I do want to uh, say or, or request from you is to keep my shell bells in prayer. And not only shell bells, but, uh, you know, all, all essential workers involved in retail. Uh, you know, they've come down harder now. You know, she wears a shield, not a mask, as you may have seen in her uh, video that we did. But... Uh, they are now uh, saying that she must wear a mask and uh, so she's had to sign a waiver and may have to see a doctor and all this kind of stuff and it's just it's absolutely insanity um, uh, with, with what they are doing so I'll, I'll go into more detail on it uh, in my next video here this week but for now uh, just keep her and other essential workers in prayer uh, because not everyone can wear that for eight-hour shifts. That's just, uh, it's not healthy. Uh, I mean, it's, and that's without argument. That's, it's not healthy. Anyway, um, but let's go on. We are continuing uh, with, uh, this may change your perspective. And uh, we are looking at the Ten Commandments and what, uh, what we covered the first uh, session here about three weeks ago how that uh, the first commandment was that there have no other gods before us. And what is it that those gods are? What are those gods? And we discovered, you know, that it's they, they are not mere uh, statues of stone, imaginations of people. Um, there isn't a pantheon of gods that are all equal, but rather that there was a, a there, there is a, 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 uh, an official group in heaven uh, as it were, of those angels that were given uh, to rule uh, over nations and how that God came in judgment against them in Psalm 82. Went into more detail in the last session. If you missed that, go visit the first one. Uh, great, great information there. Great book uh, written by Dr. Michael Heisler. And so, anyway, uh, continuing from that, from that frame of thought, though, we go into the second commandment. And we're going to be covering three of the commandments today. Um, and I'll explain why toward the end. But the second commandment is, you shall not make for yourself a carved image or any likeness of anything that is in heaven or that is in the earth beneath or that is in the water under the earth. You shall not bow down to them nor serve them. For I, Yahweh, your God, am a jealous God visiting the iniquity of the fathers on the children to the third and fourth generation of those who hate me, but showing steadfast love to 
thousands of generations of those who love me and keep my commandments. So we find the second commandment seems to be connected to the first, and it is, but it is dealing more with what we would call idol worship. You know, the others were actual uh, gods that God was speaking about. And, I, and I'm going to be covering uh, the Red Sea, uh, a Red Sea series, and we'll talk about more about the other gods. But, uh, and it's just fascinating when you look at it from the Hebrew and, and, and it's just so, it just puts a whole different perspective on, on spiritual warfare and understanding of it. But uh, here he's talking about carved images. In other words, he's talking about worship of himself. We are not to worship God with the idea that we can make some kind of carved image uh, that represents him. He is unrepresentable. He will represent himself in the future uh, in, the, in the person of, uh, of, of, the, uh, of the Messiah. But he is not to be made into any kind of carved image of anything on the earth, of anything under the earth, anything in the heavens above. We are not to be bowing down to some kind of image. You know, that's why, you know, I mean, there are depictions of, of Christ, you know, and, and of course, you know, it's interesting, especially with the current uh, political uh, fervor that is going on. Uh, you know, you know, you know, a lot of our images of, uh, of, of Christ are from, from the European times of, of the 14th, 15th century. And, and, you know, they, they, they painted what they knew. And so they, they painted, you know, you know, essentially a, a Caucasian Jesus, but, you know, of, of a European Caucasian, but, uh, that is not a completely, you know, uh, a, a completely bad representation, but certainly certainly not a good representation. And the host, the whole idea is they're just depictions. That's what we intend for them to be. We don't bow down before these pictures. We don't bow down before any statues. We don't bow down for any of these things that, because you cannot bow down and worship God in that way. And God says so much so he does not want this to happen that he, he, he gives himself a, 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 a new covenant name of Yahweh Kana. I am Yahweh, a jealous God. I am the jealous God. And he goes, I will not share my glory with anything. And so we find this to be the case. And, he, and then, he, then, he, then he gives a warning saying, visiting. He goes, I'm a God that visits uh, the, the iniquity of the fathers on the children to the third and fourth generation. Now, some people have taken that to mean like a generational curse, and really that is, that is not a, a, good, a, a good term for what is going on here. Be, what he's talking about is the fact is, is of those who hate me. So that those that do not worship God, that those who, who, who in fact are against God, it's not merely just a, a uh, an attitude that is, uh, you know, not even thinking about God, but he's talking about those who hate him. He says, your lifestyle is going to destroy you, and it's going to destroy your children and your children's children. You know, that's why you find alcoholism runs in family, drug addictions runs in family, promiscuity and, and, and all these other things run in families because it is those who've intentionally said, 
I'm, I don't, I hate God. I don't want to serve him. And he's warning them saying, no, I've told you not to make an image and don't make that an issue that you're going to, it's going to drive you away from me. He says, but then he said, because it's going to destroy your family, it's going to destroy your household, it's going to destroy your children, your grandchildren, your great-grandchildren. He gives a warning. But then he says, but showing steadfast love to thousands of generations. I love that. To thousands. Here he's saying, you know, the, 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 the bad side effects of, your, of, of, of wicked living, it's going to affect up to four generations of, of, of your family. But if you will love me, it will, it will bring blessing upon thousands of generations for your family. They, they may not even, I mean, they, I'm going to say it, they may not even serve God. They may be lukewarm. They may even be cold. But, but his mercy and his love is extended to them because you have chosen to love God. And, and, and eventually God is going to work something out in those children. I love Billy Graham's testimony of his, of his, of his son, Franklin, how that he was just a renegade. But, but eventually he came to be a, a great preacher of the gospel. And so we find that if you love God, your children are going to come back. They're going to, you know, and your children's children, their children will come to a place of serving God. And so he gives that as an encouragement. Don't bow down to images, but worship me in spirit and in truth. Jesus said, for God is spirit, and those that worship him must worship in spirit and in truth, not before any kind of carved image. Now, the next commandment is interesting. It says, you shall not take the name of Yahweh, your God, in vain, for Yahweh will not hold him guiltless who takes his name in vain. Yeah, I, I, that commandment is powerful. And, you know, it's, it's a shame that people have taken it, especially when you read it in the English way that we do. It, you know, you shall not take the name of the Lord, your God, in vain. And yet that word Lord, uh, even here in my, in my uh, ESV uh, version that I have before me, you know, Lord is spelled with all capital letters. Why? Because it's the name of God. Yud, Hey, Vav, Hey, the four Hebrew letters that we've talked about that represent his name, believed to be pronounced Yahweh uh, by Latinized Hebrew, Yahovah, whichever one you prefer. I prefer Yahweh. But it personalizes the name. The name is, it, may, it, it becomes very powerful. And, and so we find that, that it's, it's, it's key, it's important to understanding this because people have made it so where it's just two words together break this commandment and that's it. And that two words is God and damn. And if you put the two together, you're using his name in vain. Not what the scripture is saying at all. Not what it's saying. Because first of all, his name isn't God. God is what he is. His name is Yahweh. That's so powerful. It puts a completely different perspective on the meaning of this. You should not take the name of Yahweh, your God, in vain. Those four letters are so precious to the, to, to, to the Hebrew people, to the Jewish people, that in the synagogue, when they read this, they do not say Yahweh. They say Adonai, which means Lord, or they say Hashem, which means the name. Jesus used both. Jesus, when he taught us how to pray, pray our Father, which art in heaven, hallowed be the name. And he said to his, uh, he said to his disciples uh, when, he, when he left them, he said, go into every nation, baptizing them in the name of the Father, of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. The Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit have one name. 
and that name is these four letters, Yud, Hey, Vav, Hey, which, which, which I pronounce and many contemporaries pronounce as Yahweh. And so that begins to give this commandment a whole broader perspective. It's saying that you will not take his name and use it to justify yourself. You will not take his name and use it to give you authority. So many people, and, and, and especially in Pentecostal circles, charismatic circles, you know, they'll say, God told me to tell you, or God said this, or God said that. Or, and I love watching worship videos, but I'm very careful when they start saying, oh, let's prophesy now, and they start saying things. And they may be saying good things. They may be saying positive things. They may be even saying biblical things. But did God tell them to say that at that moment? I don't know. And so you have to be careful reverence when you're saying something in his name because he is not going to hold us guiltless for abusing his name using his name in vain he's not going to hold us guiltless we need to understand that that's an important thing in our life as a believer that's why you know in the synagogue they don't they refuse to say his name they'd rather say the name or adonai they, 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 when they write even the word God, they, and someone asks me why I do this, I do this from time to time, I'll write G-D, just because I don't want to be taking his name in vain if my attitude and my heart is wrong. And so he says he will not hold them guiltless who does it. So be careful, especially if you move in the prophetic as, as I do. You know, be extremely careful when you say, thus saith the Lord, because it better be God he's not going to hold us guiltless for abusing his name using his name to justify us to give us authority to qualify us you know no we 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 need to be reverent about his name now the next and last commandment we're going to cover today is remember the sabbath day to keep it holy six days you shall labor and uh, and do all of your work but the seventh day is a Sabbath to Yahweh, your God. On it you shall do, not do any work, or your son or your daughter, or your male servant, or your female servant, or your livestock, or the sojourner who's in your land, who is within your gates. For in six days Yahweh made the heaven and earth, the sea and all that is in it, and rested on the seventh. Therefore Yahweh blessed the seventh day and made it holy. What's interesting here is you know i mean we have of course you know the church today uh worships on sunday generally speaking there are other groups within christendom that use celebrate saturday some messianic groups some other uh other uh you know independent groups that will worship on saturday and so i'm not talking about those who are labeled cults or anything like that. i'm talking about people who who hold to the to the to the scripture and that's okay, because Paul in Romans 15 said, let every man figure out which day it is he's going to keep holy, because not everybody can meet on Sunday. Not everybody can meet on Saturday. Maybe only can meet on Wednesday or something of that nature. And so he, 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 he gives us leeway as believers. We have that leeway, but we need to keep that day. And that's why it's interesting is that the scripture here says, remember the Sabbath day, to remember it. So obviously this is something uh, 
the the the, the phrasing is, is is the tense of it is it's something that the that the Hebrews already been practicing. There are some who believe that Moses, before he uh, was was ran out of Egypt, had actually given the Hebrew slaves one day off a week, and so he didn't know why he was doing it, but now he understands why, and so he's saying, "Remember the Sabbath day. Remember this day that we set aside every day, of, uh, 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 every week, to rest before God and to worship Him and to give Him glory." You know. And to remember it so that we are with our families and that it becomes a special time, a special day, a special season every week where we rest and we rejuvenate ourselves uh, spiritually. And the family comes together. Something about the family coming together. And they would come together on sundown on Friday evening and, and share a meal and worship the Lord in song and prayer. And, and it was a special time. And the next day there would be study at the synagogue and then the rest of the day was for was for them for the have with the family i mean god god is 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 truly uh, about us being together and uh, and with family so that's one of the odd things about this uh, pandemic i will have to say that i've seen my i've seen my daughters more than i have at any other time <laughs> because they're so bored out of their gourds they come over and visit me so <laughs> me and shelly and we have a great time together and uh, uh but family is so important and so to remember the sabbath day remember it's for god a time set to rejuvenate yourself spiritually and your family spiritually and to become centered again for the week that's important that's what's important it's not about how long the service is or do you go two or three times in the services in the day you know I'm not I'm not knocking that but it's about the family coming together to worship God and to remember him and the congregation to come together and to worship God and to remember and to become centered again for the rest of the week that's going to be playing out so that you we can bring glory to God in that time amen so without further ado just a, a really just kind of a, a a short lesson for you today uh, I ask you to please remember to subscribe uh, if you have not already, and and you can follow my my uh, my my if you're watching this on on Instagram, you know go to go to my bio and click the LinkedIn uh, the the link tree there so you can go and listen to the podcast if the podcast is something that you'd rather uh, listen to because I know watching isn't always convenient. And also, uh, if you will go ahead and watch it on YouTube, whatever it is you do, go there, subscribe, and visit my Patreon page. Uh, I, I know that uh, there's been some, some changes. There have been some uh, technical issues with regard to sound quality uh, on, the, on the previous tapes. I'm working uh, this week with a, uh, a group to try to, to get this done more effectively and more quickly and professionally. Because I really want to put those up up there for you, uh, those uh, sermons of yore, and some of them are be a great blessing to you. But uh, just be watching for this week and be praying for our nation. And I will see you on Friday because uh, I have some some things to just uh, share about what has been going on uh, and some of the things. And by the way, uh, I encourage you to uh, if you haven't already. 
uh, I encourage you to go to uh, a new podcast that is out uh, called Beyond Radicals. And uh, that is done by Matt Brown. And uh, it's, it can get a little salty at times <laughs> uh, because it, it's the audience he's reaching. And so uh, you just go ahead and listen because he has a, <laughs> some great insight that God has given to him uh, about uh, the times that we are in and the things that we are going through. And uh, so just give it a listen. I believe it's on Spotify, uh, Beyond Radicals, and with Matt Brown. Uh, I believe it's called Beyond Radicals, uh, So the Mouth Speaks. So remember that one, and God bless you all, and we will see you Friday. Shalom.